Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Home Business Podcast. My name's Phil. Joining us as usual, I've got Rohan. Rohan, good morning. Good morning. All right. As usual, this episode of the Home Business Podcast is sponsored by Home Business Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Business instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. Um, Rohan Toba is here. Uh, Assistant 2023.10 is here. Yes. But before we can catch up on all that, we have uh, things to catch up from last month that sort of came yeah. out. Um, so Home Assistant turned 10 in September. And as part of that, a few things came out. Uh, so we've got a new bit of hardware. Bit of, uh, so we've got the Home Assistant Green was announced. Um, the I think this is like the answer to the like Raspberry Pi issues, you know, that are currently going on in terms of, you know, if you just yeah. want to buy a Raspberry Pi, you can't, it's really hard to do at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've got Raspberry, uh, the Home Assistant Green, um, it's a 1. gigahertz quad core ARM processor, uh, little self-contained unit. Uh, it's got four gig of RAM with 32 gig of eMMC storage. So no SD cards to worry about. Um, a little bit of storage there, 32 gigs. I don't know. Do you reckon, I mean, for home, what home is, is, it's more than enough. But I think once you start adding add-ons and all that, you might run out of room fairly quickly. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess, so yeah, the home is green. Uh, it's being positioned as your entry into home assistant this isn't uh meant to rep- like if you've already been using home assistant uh for a few years and you've got a nice server at home like rohan's got you know his server room back there this isn't the device for you uh but you know if you are trying to get started with home assistant or maybe you want to get a friend or someone involved in home assistant give them a little christmas present a little uh i don't know if you have uh Santa sacks uh, where you are, Rohan. You know, we call them um, stocking stuffers. There's little presents, yeah. the little yeah. mini presents. Um, yeah. This might be one for you. I think it's uh, 99 US dollars. Uh, yeah, it's it's, pr- it's priced basically 100 bucks, um, which is a good, I mean, I don't know if that's a stocking stuffer present or like a, like a present present, right? But like, yeah. Depends I mean, how much, if you like the person or not, right? Yeah, how much you, how like, much you like them, them, right? Uh, yeah. But, you know, even, even, 
like if you want to have a little box at your parents' place for you know getting them some home automation stuff, things like that. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty cool. And 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 Phil, you kind of touched on a little bit, right? Where you don't, it's it's not based on the Raspberry Pi. It's actually their own hardware. So mm-hmm. um, unlike the Yellow, which is, I mean, it relies on the compute module or CM four uh, for 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 the actual device. Um, for the brains of the device, this does not. So meaning hopefully it's not subject to those same kind of supply chain problems that Raspberry Pi has been having forever. So um, yeah, that's what uh, that's what might be nice here. Yeah, I certainly hope so. But yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, we are very lucky. Um, Nebuchadnezzar is sending Ron and I a couple of uh, units. I think they're going to arrive just a couple of days after we're recording this today. So um, yeah. Always the way, um, time-wise. So I would have loved to hold one up for everyone here um, that's watching on YouTube. But, um, yeah, I, I do think it's uh, a great little bit of hardware, you know, to get home assistant out to people. Uh, I think it's competitively priced at $99, you know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have Wi-Fi in it, and I think Paulus did describe that as an, an, an intentional decision, you know, that, uh, you know, the backbone of your smart home should be Ethernet, not wi-fi yeah yeah i i I don't disagree with him entirely there i think mm -hmm. i think wi-fi is reliable enough that 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 you know the fallacy is no longer necessarily true but i at this for this one specific thing i think that there may be some value there especially if you're doing things like um pulling stuff from a nas or something like that yeah just yep. just gives a little bit of quality in that sense right not not that not that wi-fi these days is slow by any means so but yeah i i agree the biggest selling point for me for this device and something that i really appreciate uh homes isn't doing and it's part of you know their whole sustainability and trying to reduce mm-hmm. you know waste in terms in the smart home space um, if you decide that you no longer need Home Assistant to run on this device, there is actually, I think it's an SD card port that you can uh, plug new firmware into it. So I think it's, you can just plug your whole new wipe Home Assistant yeah. completely from the device and it becomes your whole, it becomes completely yours. You have full access to it. Um, so you can, you know, run Linux on it, use it as another server for something around your home. So I really appreciate yeah, it's that. And, and it's just an ARM processor, right? So it's not like you yep. need something crazy on it, whatever, just any any OS that puts ARM. If you can put it on Raspberry Pi, basically, you can kind of use it on here, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's already available online. So, homeassistant.io, you can uh, order that, um, get it in time for Christmas if you want it. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts you've got on it, Rohan? No, uh, I mean, I, I again, I think I think it's pretty cool. Um, again, like I said, it, or I guess you said it, like it, it's more of a more of a new uh, entry level device, right? So for myself, I could see myself using the yellow more than I could see myself using the green. Yep. Uh, which again, a little more customizable, has a little more a little more uh, punch behind it, right? From a power perspective. Uh, but the a couple other things to note too is the green doesn't have unlike the yellow which has um, like a Zigbee thread radio built into it. It's basically got a Sky Connect, but uh, almost isn't Sky Connect uh, built into it. This does not, right? So this would require an external, like a, something like a Sky Connect, or or even if yeah. you use uh, like a um, Conbi stick or something like that, uh, you'd you'd plug it into into this device. Right. So, uh, and, and, but you know what? I think for the price point, if I was to buy a dedicated Raspberry Pi for this over this, I think for the bit of a premium, I think I would probably pick this. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it's just way easier to find as well. Right. So, yep. uh, um, and I think, uh, well, SkyConnect's only $29 as well. So, what, you're 130 in for yeah. a Zigbee and Prime Assistant dedicated box it's pretty like i think that's pretty reasonable yeah yeah exactly and 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 listen it's it's not like the and if you already have a pi or whatever it's not like home assistance dropping support on those devices right it's yep that's still going to be supported this is just added to that lineup right and and i think i think you know there's a bit of 
confusion there. Like, even if you look at the FAQs, I was looking at it last night and, and it's it's exactly the same thing, right? It's like, we are not dropping support for the Raspberry Pi, right? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no need to revolt. Like it is, uh, and 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 look, the Pi, the Pi is at a price point, you know, which is obviously lower than this, but this this includes a little bit more, right? So I, I think it's, it's just a trade-off there. Um, and it comes built in so you don't have to sit there and image your uh, SD card and do all of that stuff. If Again, especially if it's like for somebody not super technical or it's somebody's oh. first time getting into home automation, this is a great... Like if you're time poor, like I've come to starting to really appreciate things that are just already done for me, right? Like so mm-hmm. um, being able to buy a device that's got home assistant OS... I just plug it in essentially and home isn't OS turns on. Yeah. I love it. Um, and with the new onboarding stuff that was introduced in 2023.9, um, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. So on that too, uh, I mean, we're, t- we're talked about, you know, where this differs from the Raspberry Pi 4 and stuff. Uh, we also got an announcement today about, or not today, I guess yesterday I heard uh, as, at the time of recording uh, for the Raspberry Pi 5, right? So... There's uh, they're accepting pre-orders on on ton of sites stuff like that. Um, they're saying it's shipping and worldwide by end of October. Uh, looks like it's gonna be a pretty decent um, spin of the Raspberry Pi uh, family there. Mm. Uh, so it looks like it's getting a 2.4 gigahertz quad core, 64 bit ARM Cortex A76 CPU. Uh, nice. Yeah, I know. I know that they're um, they actually uh, make made the chips themselves. Like they designed the chips themselves or things like that, right? Which is really nice. It's got a HEVC decoder in there. Uh, I think it had it before as well. I know it did. It did HU sixty four. I don't know if it did, it did two sixty five or not. But um, one thing that looks kind of lackluster is the dual band eight hundred two eleven AC Wi Fi. Um, I don't know. As someone in technology, it's just about to say, here comes the networking guy. It, it, it's it's <laughs> there's newer standards out there, but but they did uh, they did uh, look at. Uh, I think they they upgraded the network ports on there too. So I, I saw on something saying that there's a 10 gig uh, Ethernet port coming, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at their announcement right now on RaspberryPi.com, and it says that it's. Uh, Gigabit Ethernet with PoE Plus support, which requires a PoE Plus hat. I feel mm-hmm. like that's wrong, but maybe maybe I'm wrong there. And because there, there is a new hat correct. coming out um, in 2024 to do PoE support, I believe. Yeah, which would make sense. I mean, there, there's always been a hat for PoE. It's just it required mm. that extra hardware, which is outside of the device itself, right? Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. It's it, that's that's a pretty cool. And and again, I think they're going to have four gig and eight gig variants. Um, yep. Somebody somebody on a chat somewhere was saying that hey, they heard that there's going to be a sixteen gig variant too. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Um, that uh, potentially might be interesting. I mean, it's pretty but, pricey though. Like it's no longer a thirty dollar Raspberry Pi, right? No, it's sixty it, and eighty, right? Yeah. So sixty so, for the four gig, eighty for the eight gig. Um, I mean, if they come up with the 16 gig, maybe that'll be 100. I don't know, um, right? But I think today, if you're looking for a Raspberry, like a home assistant box, you know, would you go a Raspberry Pi four or wait for the five? I think you would get the four. If you would, I wouldn't necessarily. Th- I don't think five is a big enough upgrade. I, I think, I think, I think there is. I, I think there is some value there um, because I think you're. Just in a couple of intro like uh, YouTube videos I was watching last night, um, they're saying that it is far more powerful. Like you can, so to me, you can run more containers on it. You can do a lot more things like that. Um, yeah. And and again, I think I think right now the RAM might be a limitation there. Right. Not not that if you're running like a supervised home assistant install or like a the OS uh, on there. I don't. I I think. It is pretty efficient and stuff like that, but depending on what else you're throwing at it, that that could fill up pretty quickly, right? So, personally, I think I if I was to get the five, I think I'd do the eight gig variant right now. Uh, 
Um, cause then I can run a bunch of stuff on it and, and just have it all contained to that one little box rather than having to buy multiple pies now and, and this service here, that service yeah. there, that kind of thing. It's just at least, at least for my home automation stuff. Right. Um, I think that's what I would, but comparing it with the green, right. I mean, processor wise, the Pi five is better and so on, but, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the green is a uh, listen the green's available right and, and yep. that's a big difference pi 4 is not um, again i've been i've been i've pre-ordered my yellow which again like i said relies on the compute module uh, i've pre-ordered that i think in february or march of this year and it still hasn't like it's gotten kicked out a couple of times it's supposed to be in august then it's supposed to be uh, it was supposed to be i think beginning of this month of so september uh, now I'm seeing end of October. I'm hoping it comes in at that point, but but I don't I don't think it's uh, it's anything other than just the availability of the of the i compute modules, right? So I don't know how the five is going to be, um, but I have been told if you if you want it, go pre-order it right now. Uh, there's there's a variety of sites selling it. I don't know. Yeah, I actually saw a site uh, list it before they even announced it. So um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's, there's <laughs> just more than one, but I didn't yeah. catch it, but that's. So there you go. Yeah. Um, now you may be looking around and this is true in, in the 2023 or 10 release. Uh, the home business logo looks a little bit different. So as part of the 10 year birthday, uh, home business did launch a new logo. Um, so that's now live on discord uh, in the home assistant website. Um, I did notice for, I don't know, I think it's been fixed, but I don't know. Someone pointed out to me that when they updated the discord logo, it was off center and it was like really, once I said, noticed that it was like really bugging me out. I'm like, Oh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just looked off. Um, I think they fixed it now or at least I look at it now. It looks looks okay, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they must That's have fixed funny. it. But it. Yeah, it looked a bit like just not centered. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> OCD is really kicking in there. Um, it's, it's, but, you know, somebody that died just to just to like annoy ninety percent of the people. Hundred percent, right? It's like a five pixel difference, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I've done this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, um, let's see how many how many toes I can step on right now. Right? It's uh... that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So that logo is slowly rolling out. Um, I think they're going to put it out on their channels. Um, and they've also got it uh, coming in the 2023.10 release. I think once you yeah. log in, probably in your title bar as well, you'll see the new logo around. So, yeah, watch out for that one. Yeah, it looks kind of slick. I like it. Um, also, Year of the Voice Chapter 4 is coming. Um, it, nice. It's funny because on uh, when we were on the creator's call, um, uh, Phil, you and, I, you and I joined separate ones, but mm. the, the one I was on during the day, um, Paul has mentioned that uh, he was like, you know, it's it's been a bit of a bit of a while since we've had a chapter three update. In my head, I was like, really? I feel like chapter three was like three weeks ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe in my head, I'm like, wow, these guys are like going super fast. But uh, but uh, October twelfth uh, will be a live stream event talking about Hear the Voice chapter four. Um, as we discussed, I mean, this has been a priority for. Um, for the Nabucasa team, as well as the you know the home uh, home assistant core development uh, folks and uh, Michael uh, Hansen, who we've had on the on the show in the past, right? And and if you haven't seen it, check it out. It, it's actually a really good, uh, really mm. good episode where Mike talks quite a bit about what we're what their what their you know longer term plan is and and where they're trying to get to with a lot of this stuff. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's pretty neat. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Don't want to ruin any surprises. Um, I think I think you know October twelfth is going to be when that event is. Um, I haven't seen anything as at the time of recording. I haven't seen anything on their site uh, with with just about it yet. Uh, but I did get permission to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna this, this is when the date is." Um, yeah. It's coming October twelfth. But yeah, there will be announcements. Their yeah. usual time. So. Morning for me in Australia, like a ridiculous time, but I think yeah, afternoon, um, sometime that'll work well for Europe and the US. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so twenty twenty three dot ten is here. Yeah. Let's break that down. So uh, first of all, 
the um, there's new tile features available for the climate and select entities. So in your dashboard view, um, there's now new buttons you can add uh, for these uh, entity types, so climate and select entities. So select entities, you can now actually have a drop down show right on your dashboard, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And for climate, there's a whole bunch of uh, little buttons that you can add against the card. So rather than having to click a card and then bring up the more info dialogue, for example, um, if you want to turn, you know, maybe the oscillation of a fan up or on, if your climate device supports that, um, or if you want to set the mode, you can basically customize all these different buttons that can be there. So um, that's a cool little feature there. Yeah, I want to. I actually want to update mine with uh, with that one. I'm using some custom card right now, which which is which I do like, but I I actually really like the default. in there so that's pretty good um what else is going on in this release um map entity markers so now you can customize a lot of the uh entity markers that come on the map uh, so maybe like for example instead of uh, like maybe my initials maybe i'm going to say hey you know what i want to know the i don't know the charge state of my car because that 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 could mm. be an entity in the map right so instead of that, give me like a numeric value that says like, I don't know, it's 80%, right? Battery, whatever that is. So you can customize it to those things uh, and then hide some entity mar- uh, markers on the map as well. So um, I, don't know, I think it's pretty nice. One cool use case I did see for that um, on our creators call was the, if you have a location for a petrol or gas station you and you know the price of what the gas is at that time Ooh, on your map in home assistant nice. you could display you know okay the petrol at this place is you know two dollars a liter and mm-hmm. over here it's a dollar 98 um and that way i guess in your automations you could decide okay uh let's drive to the one that's got the cheapest which you could already do without oh, this map update like... but being able to just yeah. visualize you know or maybe on your way on your commute to work you know where's the best a uh, place to stop off and, and get petrol that can save me some money. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. That's actually a really, really good use case. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of apps that that feed that kind of information too. Right? Mm. Like in, in Canada, we have uh, one called Gas Buddy um, that basically yeah. like and you, you just know, have to scrape their API or data, or right? Website. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if there's there might even be a there might be a native integration. I don't. I haven't seen one, but maybe there is. Mm. But that's actually pretty cool. That's, uh, that's what happens when you show up 30 minutes late uh, to the creator's calls. You miss cool stuff like that. That's why, that's why I shouldn't do that. That's it. Um, password managers. Uh, if you're like me and you utilize a password manager, and, and you really should from a security perspective, um, uh, you should uh, now have a more of an ability to use that uh, to log into Home Assistant. So in the past, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe this is fields, uh, the way the fields were built or something like that. Uh, didn't allow for password managers to properly populate those values, like your username and password, those kind of things. Uh, now we can. So there you go. Um, you should use a password manager. Please start using one. If you don't already, please don't use the password, password, etc. <laughs> I don't know what right. it is, but uh, I've used Bitwarden and I've never had an issue with the password not filling on yeah. the login screen. So... Maybe I yeah. Maybe the bit one is just better password manager than whatever is out there. Or yeah, I mean I it's a have menus free open source one, right? So there's a lot of people that might be contributing. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Mm. Um, all right. So um, there's new image fit modes that are allowed that are coming to Home Assistant. So right now, if you've got an image card on your dashboard, um, it will try and display the image as best as can in that little box, right? So I think the current way uh, or the current terminology it's used for is called cover, which is defined as the image keeps its aspect ratio and fills the given dimensions. The image will be clipped so it can fit into that box. There's new options now becoming available. Um, One of those is, for example, called contain, which is defined as the image keeps the aspect ratio, but it's resized to fit within the given dimension, so no clipping occurs. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a whole other bunch of rules that you can select from. So um, this is cool if you've got a camera in a certain aspect ratio, but your dashboard is different and you don't want clipping to occur or anything like that. So just adding a few little tweaks there to how you can display things on your dashboard. Uh, HomeKit receivers. So 
Now, the HomeKit integration now supports media player receivers, which has, uh, I think, been anticipated for quite a while. Um, so it basically uh, expects the receivers to be paired in an accessory mode, and then those receivers that were paired in bridge mode, you should have to re-add. You will have to re-add them uh, in accessory mode, but uh, there'll be documentation around that, and uh, yeah. Rainbird now gets the calendar integration. So if you have a Rainbird... Uh, irrigation controller linked with home assistant it can now display your irrigation schedule on the home assistant internal calendar which is quite nice actually mm-hmm. and uh life 360 so there's a new button entity that you can use to manually pull location uh updates so let's say you know whoever you have on life 360 is somewhere else and you haven't you know you're wondering where they are you can click it and it'll pull an uh, update of their location which is and because it's a button, you can also automate against that, right? So if your phone joins yep. a certain Wi-Fi network, you could then fire off a automation to say, "Hey, push this button in Home Assistant to then pull the updates." So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, was it you that uses it, Phil? I, I know, I know, I've, I've uh, we've had a few people on here that that use Live three hundred and sixty. I don't, but no, I, I think it's a subscription model. So I've tried to avoid mm-hmm. that, and I think I don't know what the appeal is. Um, I think for me, but if it's with Life 360, it's just to see where people are. The Home Assistant app in itself does that, right? Like I can see where my wife is, where I am, yeah, based on a map in Home Assistant, right? So I don't need yeah. another tracking app to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it has other stuff too. Like I, think, I thought it had like safety stuff or something like that. But yeah, uh, which might be a selling point for like yeah, if you've got kids and stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, new integrations. Um, Apple Weather Kit is here. So now you can track the weather using Apple's Weather Kit API. Now, for those playing along at home, the Weather Kit API is actually Apple's replacement for the Dark Sky API. Uh, Dark Sky API, which was free, now costs uh, a Apple developer's uh, license, which is about $99 a month, I believe, US. So if you are paying $99 a month to Apple for uh, a dev license, you know, maybe you're an iOS developer or something, um, you can now access Apple Web Weather Kit uh, with Home Assistant. Yeah. If, I mean, I guess if you're paying it already for other stuff, then great. Yeah. Um, I don't know that weather information is worth $100 a month. Uh, I think it's $100 um, a year. Memory, but or $100 yeah. a year, whatever. I, I wouldn't pay $100 for weather information, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Um, EcoForest. Uh, if you have an EcoForest fireplace, you can now monitor and control said fireplace. There you go. EcoForest fire. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's not the best uh, best name for a fireplace as uh, naming it forest, especially as half of our forests are like burning at any given time. So <laughs> yeah, but that's just me. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but being a depressing podcast is a fun podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I don't know how we got here. <laughs> I All right. Uh, IKEA Artisan Desk. Uh, you can now connect and control the height of your Kia Artisan motorized desk. I'm assuming this is native in Homeson because I'm already controlling my desk uh, via SP Home. So this must be via Bluetooth uh, integration. I'm yes. guessing you're doing the exact same with your desk. Uh, I haven't because I I uh, I have an app, like like a third party app on my yep. on my Mac that I that I use to control it. Um, but I've been waiting for this uh, honestly just because all of my ESP homes right now I'm I'm using for and I just didn't want to add extra code on there, weigh it down mm. that kind of thing, right? So I've I've kind of been holding out for the Billy. Uh, uh, functionality natively in ESP Home uh, through Bluetooth proxy. So I've been, I've been anxiously waiting for this one. I'm pretty excited because my big thing is I do have one of those desks, and Phil, I think you do as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always forget to stand. So yes. it's it's, yeah. it's literally it's not a sit stand desk. It's just a sit desk at this point. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a convenient uh, height adjustable sitting desk. So my plan is. Um, actually have it so that it automatically goes up and down and I, I can tie that to um I mean like to my WebEx account just make sure I'm not on a call so it's not like I'm not yep. on video and I'm just like all of a sudden like hey like trying to like 
get up or whatever <laughs> while while I'm on a on a call presenting to somebody. But um, yeah, so that that's what I'm kind of hoping to do out of it and just get me to stand more, which is something I've been trying to do, but I genuinely just forget that I have a sit stand task yeah. because oh, it's, totally it's, it's discreet enough that the like the little paddle that comes with it is, is just you forget far enough it. away yeah. that I'm not looking at it. Right. So. Uh, yeah, no, I can, yeah, yeah, can excited totally for that one. See that. I um, so I'm only using my ESP32 device. So I've only got the one, and I'm only using it for this desk. Um, uh, so now that this is wait, here, are you not doing I'm using proxy. No, 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 no. I'm oh. just used. I'm just running like yeah. I think it uses a uh, MQTT. Like it introduces the desk yeah. as a cover into Home Assistant. Um, so I think now I'm going to uh, put the proxy onto that device um yeah. and push it over to home as um, a native integration this way um yeah yeah that's my mission yeah. for some that's reason cool. i thought i thought you were using uh the bluetooth proxy for a bunch of stuff but maybe I just no, made that up no yeah i mean i yeah i used to have like a whole bunch of bluetooth blinds but now i've moved, moved those yeah. over to zigbee um so yeah i'm really excited now to actually replace this sp32 like that's currently running the ikea yeah. stuff move it over to proxy and just see what other crap comes into uh home misses it now um yeah well one thing i one thing i realized is uh is like so for my blinds i've got the switch bot tilts uh, that are just next to me here yeah um and those are it needed to be active uh in, in the, the bluetooth proxy mode needed to be active uh so it actually builds a connection to it so it can run uh commands and stuff like that and uh when I did that, I just I started getting device trackers from everybody that's like walking around. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah. So, so I actually Imagine. had to ignore ignore a bunch of those, and 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 even even from my own home, right? Like just random devices that are yep. that are spewing out BLE beacons uh, that I didn't care to track as a device tracker. Um, yeah, like so that that was the big uh, that was the interesting thing for me. Being like, oh, okay, all all of this stuff is just here, right? Um, uh, well, yeah. speaking of um, trackers, this might be a, a good segue to skip a one here. I'm just going to go and talk about the private mm-hmm. BLE device support is now available yes. here. As And this is probably, if this is going to be like the highlight of the release, I think this is it. Um, so we can now track BLE devices that change their MAC address. So think of iPhone, think of Apple Watch. Home Assistant can now know what those random MAC addresses that those devices generate belongs to a single Apple device. Now, it does require you to go into Apple settings um, and find the algorithm or the the unique way that it's generating these random MAC addresses and tell Home Assistant what that is. But once you do that, every time your iPhone or Apple Watch changes its MAC address, and Home Assistant sees that MAC address out there in Bluetooth land, it will then marry that up against that hash and go, hey, this random MAC address actually belongs to this iPhone, so Rohan is home. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I didn't actually know that you could get that key, right? Like the, the seed key? That, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it'll be available in the Home Assistant docs on how to do it, but, yeah, it's uh, it's there. So it's locked away, um, obviously, you know, you're just going to give it to anyone because um, that would defeat the purpose of what that whole random Mac address is doing. But yeah, mm-hmm. the th- use cases like the home, right? I think a lot of people have been like, oh, I wish I could use my watch to do this or they've, you have to, I know there was previously an app you would download on your iOS device that would instead uh, mimic, you know, your Bluetooth tracking around for one of the yeah. greatest things. Yeah. yeah. But this, you know, no extra battery drain, just, iPhone doing what it's doing already and I miss can work it out. Yeah. I mean, if I can have it natively in there and I can avoid having an extra app and those kind of things, and that's, that's beautiful. Yep. Right. And, and then, and, and the nice thing is because home assistant isn't like this public, whatever service, right. You're, yep. It's not like you're putting that seed key into some random website or something. It's, exactly. it's in your house. It's, it's you know, that kind of thing, right. It's local. And so that's good. Yeah. yeah so no, and, then you've got multiple proxies around the house. You can, if you're in the bedroom or if you're in the kitchen, as mm-hmm. long as your watch is sending, you know, a location to say you're here, then you can have presence. Uh, speaking of Bluetooth, Medcom, uh, they make some radiation monitors that you can now add in through Bluetooth. There you That's go. Fun. 
And the SwitchBot Cloud is now here. Um, so you can now control SwitchBot devices using the SwitchBot Cloud API. Uh, I think we were yeah. discussing this in the creators call, uh, SwitchBot, you know, you've got local, we've got Bluetooth support, there's now cloud support. I think they've got another local API support. So yeah, just depends on your flavor on how you want to run Home Assistant, right? So uh, sorry, mm-hmm. run SwitchBot. So SwitchBot. there you go. Well, I think I think part of it too is sometimes the support is on the cloud piece first before it's on the local BLE piece, right? Just because Home Assistant might or the, that the dev whoever's uh, developing that that functionality within Home Assistant just mm. might not have gotten around to it yet, or or they're waiting on some data or something like that, right? So uh, this gives you a little bit of a stopgap if you need to as well. Um, so which is nice. Um, Weatherflow. So you can now integrate your Weatherflow Tempest weather system. So bring in some of that weather goodness into yes. your home system. Breaking system. changes. And, Sorry. I was going to say, and, and then that way you don't have to get your weather kit API for a hundred dollars a year or whatever it is. It's true. Be your own API. <laughs> or just get one that broadcasts locally and sniff it right <laughs> with a 433 megahertz. Or... Even uh, what do we have? Uh, someone else on this podcast spoke about this. Just be a pro tip and just buy one of those four thirty-three megahertz sniffers because yeah. your neighbors probably got one anyway, and just use their weather data for free. So, fun fact: I did that. Apparently, nobody around me has one. <laughs> oh. <was> like, <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> but but what you do is you pay like I don't know, like ten bucks or whatever. You buy one of those guys and uh, convince yeah. one of your neighbors to get it, and then That's be it. like, "Man, this That's is really it. helpful." And then, so uh, on that, were you able to get things like tire pressure and all that from your car? No, it's I, I don't know if it's just my radio or whatever. Um, I could see a couple of random things, but nothing that was like because so, so my original intention was to actually uh, we had we had uh, somebody mail in and say and, and they live in my in my region. Right. So yep. uh, same water uh, municipality that, that's delivering water and everything. Yep. So they were like, "Hey, I use this radio, and I was able to get some smart, get get no smart water information. Just get water or water information off of my water meter yes. to yep. figure out my usage and things like that. And right now, we have this ancient method of doing it, which is uh, you have to actually dial in, mm. and you get this like you get this. You have to punch in your like sixteen digit code or whatever, and then." what happens and then yeah and then you punch in your six digit like reading and like whatever right so it's it's all self-determined and uh i actually used to work there at some point in my life so i know that just by policy they have to come out they'll 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 have to come out and and check every like six months or something like that yeah so just to make sure you're not like fraudulently doing anything so they have to do their own verification or one year or something like that so i just let them estimate for that entire time and then let them come and uh tap it and it's like you know yeah, you'll be up a couple of bucks, down a couple of bucks, whatever, right? It's yeah. uh, it all it all evens out. Um, as long as you're, if I ever move from here, that final reading I I need to do myself just to make sure I'm not losing money or whatever. Um, yeah, but it uh, didn't work. I guess I have an older water meter. Um, they did come by for a replacement, but uh, their schedules never worked, so I never got the newer one. So nice. Yeah. So right now I can't read my water meter, and I just have a. 433 megahertz radio that just sits there so and nobody has a weather station so yeah so zero <laughs> use rant over <laughs> i tried uh cool so breaking changes in 2023.10 um z-wave obviously requires a version bump so yeah if you're running z-wave js make sure you uh, upgrade the container um home assistant os should do the um upgrade for you but yeah, any other yeah. flavors, you just need to make sure you're running that latest version. Neat. Um, backup names. So if, you, uh, if you're if you on a supervised version of Home Assistant, um, so the default names uh, given that, that backups are created are like hasio.fullbackup and hasio.partial underscore backup. Um, so it's no longer the UC, UTC date and, and the time the backup was initiated, uh, but instead it's going to use a local time end date that the backup was initiated. So um, if you're reliant on those, um, there will be a bit of discrepancy between your, like while while a version change happens. So there will be, there might be a bit of an overlap or, or a bit of a gap depending on where in the world you are between UTC and your local time. But uh, just make note of that. Everyone, it is what? 
we're 10 episode 10 release episodes into the year and i don't think mm-hmm. we've ever had to play this this year and i thought we we're going to have a year of without needing to play this yeah and yeah but here Phillips comes. Hugh, and here it comes <laughs> Um, Cloud Strikes Again, Philips Hue has sent out or is sending out updates via the app to say that uh, moving forward, you will require a Philips Hue account to use the Philips Hue hub. Now, this is annoying. Now, it's annoying um, not only because, one, like why should I need to give you my data, right? Why should I need to give you my email address to use mm-hmm. your hardware that I've been able to use for years um, without doing it? But two, the reason that they are claiming that you need to do this is for security, which to me makes zero sense, right? Like it is more secure for me to use my lights in my home without needing to give my email address to you when you have a breach of security and then my details get exposed. Like how many data breaches does it take for companies to realize like the more data you have on people, like the more we just get opened up to all these security breaches, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's rolling out. It's going to be a requirement. The good thing is uh, Philips Hue light bulbs use the Zigbee protocol. So you can download, you can Download Zigbee to MQTT, Home Assistant has ZHA, and you can just buy yourself a Zigbee radio. Home Assistant sells the Sky Connect for $29. We spoke about that top of the hour. Um, you can pair them locally and completely avoid the Hue Hub. Uh, Raham, what are your thoughts on this whole shenanigans that's going on here? Uh, exactly the same as yours, right? I think I think it's, it's backwards. I, I had the same rant when... Um, Belkin did the same thing with the Wemo yep. series, right? When it used to be all local. Uh, now they're like, hey, no, we, we're going to create it. You have to create an account. Um, what what really frustrates me is when they say, oh, it's it's for your security. Um, yeah. Fine. If that's the case, and, and if you genuinely think that you're you creating a account with my information and so on and so forth and, and, and creating a reliance on cloud is for my security, then explain how, explain why, what are you doing in the back end that's making it more secure or, or how is it currently that's insecure? Right. Yeah. And, and if your excuse is, Oh, well, it's open to anybody to go in and, and uh, connect to your Zigbee network and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Right. Um, I mean, the chances are so, if someone can get onto a local network to then access your Hue bridge to get to your ZB network, the problem isn't on the Hue bridge, right? Like the problem is somewhere else in the local network, either someone being physically to get on the local network to then access the Hue bridge or another device being exposed that can then pivot into that Hue bridge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the reasoning. Um, it, it, again, especially when, when they give some kind of generic statement, like, Oh yeah, I know it's for your security. Okay. Mm. Give, give me a reason behind that. Right. Like, like how, how is you doing this actually going to improve my security posture? Um, don't just say it's for my security. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's yeah, to me, to me that, that it's very frustrating. And, and again, having, having seen that from a couple of organizations now doing this, I I'm curious as to how people are going to uh, or how that's going to affect future Philips Hue buying, right? Um, obviously, Philips doesn't think that it's going to affect them enough that mm. they would stop the release. Um, but I think I, I think even Home Assistant's put out a uh, statement around this, right? Just being like, "Hey, this is just really silly." And yeah, here it's on September twenty second. They put it up. Yeah. Like there's some good points in there. Um, you know, I think I'm certainly raised, right? Like once, like currently, like, and they've asked on Twitter, right? Like Phillips, they said to Phillips, you, hey, like what data can you see right now and what changes afterwards? And Phillips was like, okay, right now we can sort of see some data, but after this change, we're going to get a lot more data um, as per our privacy policy, which they updated in April 23. Um, 
So like they're bidding, like we're going to get more data from your home once you sign up for a cloud account. Currently we can only see, you know, basic information like device ID belongs to this IP address. After this change, we're going to be able to see, okay, Rohan has this device and he turns it off and on at this time of day. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and in the tweets there, so, um, I think Paulus wrote this, um, wrote this, mm. uh, blog article and, and I mean, at least it has his name on it, but so I assume he did. Um, he reached out to, um, Philips Hue on, uh, on, uh, on Twitter, uh, it looks like or X or whatever we call it this week. Um, and it's like, you know, they basically did say like, Hey, if once they log in, we'll be sharing a lot more information with you. And they're like, yes, as per as mentioned in our policy, that so that is going to be the case. So you will be sharing a lot more of your private data with them. Um, and their response effectively is, we're sorry you feel this way. As the features we develop grow, so does the need for more advanced security. To keep your accounts and products secure and ensure you get the most out of our system, you'll need to create a few uh, a Philips Hue account soon. Um yeah, it I I Again, like I said, it's it's oh, it's for advanced security. What the heck does that mean, right? Explain to me why that's why you're if you're going to take more of my data, why are you? How is that? Wh where is the greater good here, right? How is yeah. that better than uh, my lights being insecure, right? On, so on yeah, and I think private Zigbee network, and this might be. Uh, a lesson to other companies in not how to handle this rollout. And I think what's happening here is that, you know, Philips, who are just on this path and people aren't responding. Like there's a lot of, you know, critique coming at Cube on social media and that's saying, hey, why do we need this? And they're just giving canned responses, right? Whereas we actually need some reasoning behind, right? This is the time for Philips to come out and say, hey, this is why we need to do it. And I suspect I have no idea if this is true, but I suspect what's happening is like, Philips have just announced a whole bunch of new devices coming into their queue lineup. So you've got cameras, you've got smart mm -hmm. um, door open-close sensors, right? Not your typical light bulbs. Um, and, you know, for things like cloud record, maybe they're going to have like recordings of in, like cameras on the queue bridge, right? And they want to be able to lock that down. Um, maybe yeah. you do need an account for that. That makes more sense. Like if that is why or if that is how things are being more secure, then... Philips needs to come out and say, this is why it's more secure. Right now, it's just, oh, it's more secure and this is our policy. Like, yeah. no, and, and what are you doing to keep make sure my data is more secure on top of that? Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and, and listen, open statement out there. If anybody from Signify who's uh, behind Philips Hue is listening, we're happy to have you on the episode. If if you want to or on, on an episode to come in and talk to us, um, and, and yep. clear the air. I mean, I, I I would love to be wrong here in this in this situation. What's interesting? This isn't the first time uh, Philips Hue sort of has had to back away from something. Um, not that they're backing away mm -hmm. uh, this time, but there was a few years ago uh, Philips Hue decided to start locking out third party Zigbee lights from their Hue Hub. Um, so if you weren't using an official Philips Hue bulb, um, you were not able to link it to your Philips Hue Hub. Um, there was a bit of backlash from the home automation community uh, regarding that because, you know, Zigbee uh, is supposed to be an open protocol and Philips Hue was, you know, saying they support the light link protocol and was all of a sudden threatening to ban all other brands, uh, Zigbee compatible lights from their hub. So maybe this will be another opportunity for Philips to do a, a 11th hour course correction, but we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and and could be right. I mean, they've done it in the past. Um, hopefully, that's going to be the case again. Like like I saw with the Wemo ecosystem, that wasn't the case, right? Um, they they still insisted whatever. However, the nice thing with the Wemo ecosystem is you they required HomeKit support, so yeah. you could always add those things via HomeKit. Um, and and I guess Philips is the same. With Hue technically is the same with with Zigbee support, right? Um, so all, since they do run Zigbee. Um, you can you can just leverage uh, a Zigbee radio. So, if you don't want to do that, I mean, if you do see value in their cloud in creating a creating an account and so on and so forth, then then great. Um, if you don't, then my suggestion would be get a Zigbee stick if you don't already have one and add those things locally to ZHA or yep. Zigbee to MQTT or whatever you're using, 
and and go from there so that's it uh and i know on on we can we can leave a we can leave a uh link to the blog post in uh that that home assistant uh talked about yeah where they, where they talk about this and where they where they give their opinion on it um they, they did say you know we encourage you to reach out to signify support to voice your concern um so and and i think i think you know i would be the same and, and if anybody gets a good answer as to why like hey this is why we're actually doing this please let us know right comment mm-hmm. if you're if you're watching this on youtube just leave a comment on this uh on the video, or if you're uh, listening to us uh, through an audio podcast, just email us um, feedback at haspodcast.io. Um, I would love to know. Uh, would love to know that. Um, side rant: uh, My MyQ has started acting up again. Right, uh, um, and it looks cloud, like it's not like just us. It's like cloud issues yeah, again. It's it's I I I despise this platform. Um, so on, they they changed some stuff on the cloud side. Basically, Were now you're just you saying need like a, user a user couple user. of episodes ago, like it's been solid. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. because you said that. I, that's what I, 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 and I told you this would happen too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knocked on wood, and clearly that wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> but but they made some changes on their cloud side again. In the past, we've we've kind of found it to be, uh, you know, divisive. Uh, like what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just. They're trying. They're trying to make sure you can't connect without one of their official things, right? Like if you want to yeah. add uh, some of their, they're started charging for some of their integrations now, things like that. So, if for example, I saw um, if you have a Tesla vehicle and you want MyQ, um, there's a membership like a, like a, like a monthly that you need to pay for it, right? I'm like yeah, to open my garage door, really. What? Um, well, so we, is this what the world we're going to be heading to? Like where you want a button on your car's dashboard to open your garage door? It's a two ninety nine subscription. Like I, honestly, I think it was more than that. <laughs> if if, if I, I don't remember exactly what it is, I don't remember what it is. It's it's it's. And I, I I saw that and I was like, this is so stupid. I'm not like this is like it's actually enraging me, right? But Mate, but just fine, go whatever. On Amazon, had... get one of those like Miros home kit. Yeah, Wi-Fi controllers yeah. and call it a day. Like oh, it's 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 right. And, and and the problem is, it's like I I get into this thing being like, okay, so I'm gonna buy this, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, it, it's it's all good now, whatever, right? So we we don't need to. Yeah. Um, but but effectively, what's happened is uh, there's a, they're looking to change some requirement for user agents. There's a fix online. Um, it is it is part of the uh, there's a bug filed. Um, so I do I do see that. Uh, being fixed, uh, so it needs a Python MyQ three dot one dot nine library specifically, um, and I don't know where this has been fixed or or if it's in if it's going to be in twenty twenty three dot uh, God what are we on ten um, yeah and but hopefully it is um, I don't know man I, I it just annoys me right like it it again I'm not saying they did this this time on on purpose or something like that. Uh, might just be again to to genuinely to, to strengthen their security on their side, uh, which which fine whatever. Um, but again, going back to why I don't love cloud connected products sometimes is is exactly that, right? Yeah, uh, that's it. But that's uh, have you had that's our two rants? Yeah, have you had any uh, automation wins this month? Any new automations that you've created that you? pleased about or um man i'm trying to think i don't i don't actually think i had time this month to create any automations i've just been running around i've been traveling for work and whatnot so it's uh uh, i'm trying to think i the only i think the it was only a change that i made and that was uh on the weekends so for those that don't know on we we typically record uh these sessions on the weekend so what i did is my curtains that i talked about earlier that are on the switch Mm. tilts um, it, they just didn't open on the weekend and uh my wife was just getting annoyed she'd be like hey the curtains aren't open again so i just added those on the weekend uh, other than that i haven't really done anything i'm gonna be doing the uh, like i said the ikea edison desk ble yeah, yeah. bluetooth proxy whatever um i think i'm gonna be doing that uh in the next couple of days and uh yeah i don't know that's uh 
I'm 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 okay though. I'm okay not constantly fiddling my like again other than Philips Hue or not Philips Hue. Wow, other than <laughs> the mic Hue, everything everything's just been it's been okay. Um, one of my most favorite things that I've been enjoying lately is uh, I mean we talked about uh, how we both got robot vacuums at some point, whatever mm. uh, the smart ones, right? Uh, so my D bot uh, just saying like um, to my to my Amazon Echo just saying hey vacuum the house, yeah, um, and it goes off and vacuums the house right and that nice. i've been using that one because i used to have it on a schedule but then it was never like it always go off like either when i'm on a call or you know sometimes yeah. it's like you know my wife is watching tv and she's like oh this is loud i don't want to hear it blah 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 so now i just do it like arbitrarily when i'm like hey go vacuum the house or that kind of thing um i was gonna do it for That's... like when both of us leave and stuff like that but uh honestly i this is this has been okay um can't That's something I need to set up voice control because right now, I, yeah, I haven't got to like running my if my uh, we want to run like the vacuum. My wife will text me mm-hmm. if, like if I'm not home saying, "Hey, can you get the vacuum to come and mop this room?" Right? Because she doesn't have the app on her phone. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, just to be able to add voice control to that, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Well, and and um, what's oh my god, what brand did you get? Why can't I remember their name? Uh, Rock. Right, the Roborock. So that's been getting a ton of love. Even this release, we didn't talk about it, but uh, mm-hmm. the Roborock actually got a bunch of updates and stuff too. So it's been uh, on the on the Home Assistant front. It's, the Roborock is doing really well. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's nice to see that, right? Um, but yeah, that's uh, and and it looks like MyQ didn't at least as of the RC release uh, on twenty twenty three dot ten. My queue is still broken. Um, Put a follow bug in under beta. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 in. It's closed. It's it's fixed. It's just a matter of when it'll get merged, right? So um, yeah, I'll I'll wait it out. But uh, yeah, but so I had an automation win. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I want to hear this. So I have a Android phone um, with the Home Assistant yeah. app running, right? So. I put it on my so my bed has a built-in like wireless charging pad, um, so that I could just put my phone inside on the nightstand and it charges right. But it's really mm-hmm. dinky, right? Like the phone has to be on at the exact right spot, and if it's not on that spot, it doesn't charge, right? And right. so when I get into bed, I will ever so slightly position it right onto that perfect one little spot and then get into bed. It inevitably moves at some point in the night and the phone doesn't charge, right? Um, Because it's fallen off the the pad. So I have a Philips Hue, not, well, I have a, I'm not going (laughs) to, I have a Zigbee light in the room. Um, And uh, what I've done now is that when my phone goes on charge. Um, now the home assistant app will see it's on charge. It go, okay. Uh, you're starting to charge. If after that point, the phone gets removed from wireless charging and it's between, you know, sleeping hours, it will turn a light in the room on red. So it doesn't wake anyone else up. Um, so that I can then see before I fall asleep, Hey, why is there a light on in this room? Mm. Um, I can then move my phone as soon as it gets back on the charge the light turns off and I know, okay, phone's charging. And that has saved me waking up in the morning to an empty phone battery. Nice. Okay. That's kind of cool. I mean, it, it's hopefully that never fails and changes color and it's like bright white. And it's just like yeah, three <laughs> yeah. in the morning. You're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, uh, that's funny. And another one I've done similar, like using similar logic. Um, I'm going to the office like variable days at the moment. So, uh, that mm-hmm. dictates I need an alarm some mornings, some mornings I don't need an alarm, but the last thing I want is to go to bed and forgetting to check the alarm has actually been set um, because Home Assistant is now yeah. controlling that alarm through Sonos. So when I put my phone on that charging pad, uh, it'll wait five seconds and then uh, it will check my Sonos and say, hey, is there an alarm set fix for 6 a.m. tomorrow? If there is, it'll just briefly turn that Zigbee light on for five seconds to a different color. Um, I think it's purple and then turn it off. So I know, okay, nice. light just turned purple. That means the alarm's set. I can go to sleep and, and now I'm going to get woken up in the morning. Nice. That's cool. So I like that. They're my little 
automation wins for the month. That's cool. All right. Um, I think that's 2023.10. Done. Thank you as always. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.